Still loving that ident. I'm just gonna say. I know we mentioned it well, before in the last one, but I am still it, loving that ident. It's a funny old thing because when I put it together, you know, like anything in in compositional sound design, when you when you you might have this kind of eureka moment. You think this is the best thing since yeah. like uh, cathedral cheese. Other cheeses are available. There are, um, but, but this is the fine best mature <laughs> cheddar you pick. This. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. And then you kind of you you could spend hours mm. hours doing it, um, and then you go to bed. You finish the session, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, you turn it on, you go, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> and that happens a lot. Right. But there are some times when you return to it the morning after and it passes the morning after test. And this this ident did do that. Mm. And I thought, yeah, this is going to grow. And it's something that, you know, if we do more seasons, we're going to add to it. That is now that is now our Blue Peter theme. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. going to get more modern, more slick with each and every season that we might pot- uh, potentially do. So absolutely. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, we've had a bit of a, the, the, this is episode two now, obviously. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> I haven't even introduced us. So we need to do I that. Know. We're, we're we're a minute and a half in. Who are you? Yeah. Do we need to start that again? No, no, no. <laughs> this all feels natural. You sure? E- even this. Okay. <laughs> My name's Matt what? Davis. Your I'm name's the marketing and community manager here at Auric Digital. My, my name is Matthew Walker, sound designer, music designer. One thing we, sh- we should do in one episode is introduce each other. Like you're so and so, you're Oh, right. Okay, I like that. No, that's quite cool. Yeah. So I should say as well, the other reason why we need to do that is because if you're coming to this episode for the first time, mm-hmm. you might not know who the different voices are and you'll hear us talking. Yeah. Both of us talking a lot, so you need to understand which one's the separation. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, as Tom referenced, I believe in episode one, I think. Oh, that seems like such a long time I know, ago. No, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. it? But anyway, anyway, so season two, we're back. We're doing we're doing more of these. So this is the fir- this is episode two, but it's the first one that we're not out in the wilderness yeah. because as the last episode was, we were at the Global Games Jam. So if you are listening this, looking for part two, listen to the end of this episode because part two will be coming soon. Mm-hmm. So To the Global Games Jam yes, episode. Yes, exactly. We are going to talk about the Kickstarter that we've got running right at the moment for mm-hmm. Mars Horizon Blast Off. This is huge. This is huge. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's very exciting. It's a very, very cool project. But tell me, how was Christmas? Oh, that also feels like a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, I know, uh, right? Christmas was good. Um, do you remember the, um, if you go, if, if you're listening and, and go back to the previous episodes where we talked about, or I, I touched on my, my mum giving a strong six and a half oh, or yeah. seven yeah. out of ten oh, roast, yeah. it was much better than that. Really? Um, yeah, it was, it was yeah, brilliant. Uh, but no, Christmas was great, but something magical happened. I'm excited. Do you want to know? Yes, I do. Okay, absolutely. Now, now we haven't developed. It's going to become the new Disney story of the <laughs> year. So. You know, okay, XCOM comes up a lot yeah. in conversations, whether we're talking about game dev, yeah, <laughs> yep. we need to have some sort of foghorn, yep. some sort of buzzer. Uh, in previous episodes, we've also talked about, well, you you, you started uh, one episode with what's your favourite game of all time yep. or favourite intro to your game? And we made lists and mm. we talked about mm. that. So go back and listen to those uh, previous episodes. But, so my list for a long time, set in stone. In fact, no, it wasn't even set in stone. It was like set in adamantium or something, <laughs> right? Okay, it was impenetrable, mm. okay? Mm. Um, and then XCOM 2 came along and went in at a strong four. Yep. And then it was like a three. Yep. It's number one, man. No. It's yeah. jumped. 
Really? Well, I, I hadn't played it for a while. Right. And I, I, I was chatting to a friend and he had only just uh, bought War of the Chosen. Right, yeah. And yeah. he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is yeah, so, yeah. so much great stuff to what was already a very, very good game. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So I went back and played it. And I just lost myself in it. Like, uh, Tom made reference to this as well, where, you know, XCOM is a game throughout all the many iterations, bar the sort of less less such good ones. Mm. Um, it's so well balanced. Yeah. The balance of it is just top notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really felt that. And, but, I'm sorry, we'll come to your Christmas yeah, in a second. Yeah. The, the main reason it's up at number one is because it's a game... I can play, I can dip in, dip out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a new dad, yeah, so time yeah, yeah. is you know tough sometimes for gaming. But it's a game I can play one-handed. Interesting. Because it's a slow-paced game, whether you're going through UI screens and so through the while base. While you're holding a screaming baby in one hand. Yeah, or if they're, well, hopefully if they're sleeping, yeah. um, you know, I can hold them and I can still navigate my PS4 pad with one hand. That's actually... So, yeah, it, for that reason, that's what tipped it. Very. That's Did what you customise all the characters? Uh, yeah, I always yeah. do. They're yeah. always in my character pool, but is, I'm at a point now. It, is XCOM, Arlo in it? Is he like a tiny little version? He, he like is in it. Good, yeah. But what I find, XCOM 2 especially, is really difficult to play when you have your friends and family in it because it affects the way you play. It does, actually. Like, yeah. myself yeah. and my wife have never, ever, ever been anything other than sharpshooters or specialists yeah. because I always keep them for the back. Yeah, yeah. It's and they very rarely die. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll never be a grenadier, never be a ranger, because they're just they're cannon fodder. See, that's d- funny. Every time know. anyone, me and my friends have played, they always put me as those roles. <laughs> <laughs> but but then if I was if I was sending you in, into the battle, I, I would I'd, I'd probably do that as well, man. You're the sort of guy that just, just I wouldn't want you running at me with a with a sword <laughs> or a huge chain gun or something. Like, come on, <laughs> come here, I'm here now. <laughs> so yeah, that 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 was a magical thing that happened, and it's it's really shaken me for the good. But how was your Christmas? Uh, very good, thank you. I'm I didn't actually game that much over Christmas. I board gamed over Christmas because mm. it was spending a lot of time with family. So, yeah. uh, and my family are my brothers are into into video games, but mm. like when we get together, we we normally play a a board game. Yeah. So we played this this, this game called the FA Cup game, which is what's uh, the really FA good. Cup oh, it's game? So good. It's like you basically pick a team, you get randomly selected a team, and you have to like put points on your cup team and the lower the leagues are the more money you get and whoever gets uh, most money it, okay. it's brilliant it's a really old game it's like a really or is it called Wembley maybe it's called Wembley I don't know but anyway so we play, we play a lot of that we play a lot of Carcassonne and stuff like that <laughs> but um, do you know what I found myself actually going back to recently hit me Acton Cthulhu Tactics on, no. the, on the Playstation 4 good good plug man well thank good you very plug. much no but no no also I, in, in, interestingly out on the Switch now too it is, yes good point yeah. very good point it is now available on the Switch so it's now on all the consoles mm. but so uh, we did a bit of a, a thing a while ago where we did a stream and yeah. we were streaming on different platforms and that was that was going well. But then we kind of decided to do move into new territory like the podcast and stuff like that. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I, do you know, I never really got to the end. I never actually finished it. So I, I kind of really want, I mean, I've seen the ending because when you work in a game studio, yeah, you see you quite a lot of stuff going on game, and blah, 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 whatever's happening. But I was a bit like, oh, I haven't actually finished this. So I just went back and played it and... I'm having a thoroughly good time. I'm having good. a thoroughly enjoyable time with it. So, um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not just plugging our stuff because because I'm a marketing person. But I'm then actually, that is what a podcast is for, to a degree. That's very. You know, we have to name drop these things. That's very, very true. Very, very true. And conveniently to talk about what's going on right now, which is the mm. Kickstarter that we're doing yeah. for Mars Rising Blast Off, um, which is a super cool game. 
Now, th- this, that makes it sound facetious because I've told you that I was playing Hexagonally <laughs> and I thought that was a really good game, which yeah. happens to be one of ours. But this is fun. This is really good fun. Uh, we've got Thomas Rawlings in again He's to come back. and talk to us about back again yeah. for the uh, for I was going to do a renegade master thing there. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he's come back in to talk to us about it and 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 where it's come from and how actually it's come from a a prototype development angle and it's moved now into a physical game mm. and it's kind of caught like we're sitting here with like we we did some videoing a little bit earlier. And we've got all the cards laid out, and it's like it looks cool. It looks that was actually my my first glance at, yeah. the, at the, the the card game, the board game, and it, it's a great little thing, man. It and it's what I love about this thing the most is that it it, it seems to be quite a natural mm. birth. Mm. It's mm. just I, mean, I think Tom will, will probably most likely touch on this later. Like it's just kind of come from nowhere, and much like the ident that we talked about, Absolutely. some things just kind of happen organically and they feel really natural. And this as like a as a strand of the the, the Mars Horizon brand, I guess. Um, or the IP is is yeah, it feels so organic, so pure, and that's exactly. a really nice thing to behold. I reckon we should probably go into the main part of it now. Let 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 yeah, let's speak to Tom, Tom and let's speak to Steve, and then we'll 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 have a chat about where we're going um, about the rest of it from there. Right, so as we said, uh, we thought we'd bring in Thomas Rawlings again. This is uh, you're becoming a bit of a veteran to this podcast now. Oh. Tom. <laughs> Well, that makes it sound like, yeah, there's this massive studio with all these different people. And what a surprise, there's, there's not actually that many of us. So you will hear repeating yeah, voices. You know, so. Yeah, um, we, we will recycle people onto it. It's a, it's a very green radio program. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I quite like that, actually. So, OK, but the main reason we brought you in is to talk to us today about Mars Horizon Blastoff, which is available now on our Kickstarter. Um but there's a bit of a story behind it, and we thought you were the best person to come along and have a chat with us about it because you were there for the main part of the story. Yeah, so I've been in, involved in this project for a while. So uh, a while back, basically, we were working on a space-themed video game, and uh, coincidentally, it timed with the UK Space Agency had a kind of offering where you could apply for a grant for a bit of money to help you kind of seed projects that talk to the public about science technology you know the reality of what a space agency was all those kind of things that they wanted the public to understand what what their money was you know what their tax money was paying for so i think it's a great idea so we applied we got a small grant off them but most usefully for us that allowed us to kind of do really good research into this area it it, they've been brilliant at connecting us with professionals in fact they've even come in and chatted with us as one of our earlier podcasts with uh andrew Koo from the uk Space Agency. thank you yeah. again to andrew, Hello, so, andrew yeah. yeah um so yeah, when we got the kind of when they gave us the grant and it's like you know they give you some feedback on on the whole thing and there's useful notes and one of the notes in there was you know this would make a this would make a great as i remember it this would make a great board game uh and at that you know we're all big board game fans in the studio anyway mm-hmm. we had already worked on uh, a card game called uh, Elections. Well, we call it Elections of U.S. America. Elections is the full name, but Mm -hmm. uh, we'd already worked on that. Uh, We had a, you know, we were very keen on this area anyway. So that was always ticking in my brain and thinking, you know, this would definitely work. Um, Anyway, development proceeded with the digital game. Uh, And one of the things we do as we make strategy games 
is we build we often build pen and paper prototypes of the strategy game to allow us to work out. Is that quite a common out. thing for people to do, or is it is it are we quite unique in that regard? Um, I suspect there's more. I, I've done it quite a bit, um, but I suspect it's more common in strategy games. You know, if you think of a real time game, you mm. know, like a first person shooter, or you're doing a third person action game. It's much harder to yeah. to <laughs> yeah. kind of plan that out in pen and paper. Yeah, maybe you can like cosplay it in the studio with a gun and you know you know uh, I don't know play play Laser Quest or something yeah. like that. But it yeah with with a strategy game because it's not real time you can actually work it out. Again, it depends on it. But for Mars Horizon, we we built several prototypes um, to explore different aspects of the game, the kind of mission control part and the overall management part, the kind of the overall narrative if you like, push from the beginning of the dawn of the space age right through to the end. And we had this kind of prototype game that we'd built for that. And what we found is it was a lot of fun to play it. Mm. Like when we had to kind of retest the prototype to test some of our assumptions, I kind of looked forward to that. And yeah. the, in fact, most of the design work was done by my colleague, Steve Martin, and he'd done great work on that. And, and it was always a real pleasure to kind of like, we're going to test a new idea out, yeah. sit down, play this thing. And then that com- that that comment from the UK Space Agency kept popping back into my head, and it's like, this would make a great board game. And it's like, wow, we've actually made that great board game inadvertently, yeah. Um, by the process of just doing all the research and building gameplay, you know, what mattered to us was gameplay. Is it fun? Is it enjoyable? Does it convey the essence of what the game is about? The space, the wonder of space, the technology, the drive to Mars is all that in there. And it's like, yeah, it is, and it's really good fun. So. We arrived at a position in, in where we were basically in a fortunate position where we could basically bud off a separate team. Uh, and I think what's key is while the games share some common themes, they share some common art assets, they share common gameplay loops now, um, they are the different things. You can't, yeah. you, you have to consider a board game in its own right of what it is, and you have to consider a video game in its own right. The, uh, Maybe in a future podcast, we could talk about the difference between digital and Absolutely. physical mm, that's another 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 one for us to go. scribble On down as a good yeah. idea uh, but I, I suppose a term you used before actually was their their sister products which i think is a good way of explaining it and, and summing it yeah. up that, that yeah, they share exactly. that commonality but yeah they, they need to be considered themselves exactly yeah they they share dna but they are their own person and, and they have their own direction their own you know heading their own thing they're going to do um and yeah so so it kind of came out of that like i say we so we budded off a separate team they started building this out we, I think the first time we really prototyped it in public, there was this great game in Bristol called City of Games, which was a big board game event. Yep. We tested it there. We got really positive feedback from that. We took it to Polaris House, to the UK Space Agency. They had a board gaming club. Um, they so played cool. it. It was very, <laughs> so it was very cool. cool. They also gave us really good feedback. And like when people who, who you're making a board game about their jobs running a space agency and they give you feedback, you listen, mm. you take mm. that on board. Um, they, they gave us some great feedback. Um, we also then took it to, uh, dragon meat, uh, at the end of last year, uh, and again, had some really good feedback. And then it was like, yeah, th- this, this is ready now. Like we have, we have built a really solid game here. It's really good fun. And then that means the next stage is we want to figure out, do people want it? And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's put it on Kickstarter. And um, I was that's where s- we got to. Is this, the, I suppose Kickstarter as well gives us a, a, a potentially unique opportunity here to kind of to kind of put it out there and see what people think about the the concept and the drive of it. And um, whereas you may before have had a, the risk of putting loads of money into it and then it, and then it not going forward. Yeah, I, I mean, Kickstarter has become a really interesting thing for the board games market, and mm. I, I think it'd be interesting to 
you know, chat to some people more. You know, we 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 kind of have one foot in the physical, one foot in the digital thing. But it, it's it's such an essential barometer of is this a good idea that I think for for virtually any new board game now, you kind of want to use this as a way of figuring it out. Yeah, you know. This we, is the litmus test, as it were. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. But it's also, it allows you to kind of, it gives you a rallying point to build a bit of a community around it. It does give you this great mechanism for getting feedback on it. And, and we're really open to that. You know, if you back the game, you know, we'll be chucking regular updates at you. And we want to hear from people. Like, mm. is this good? What, what have we, what should we add that we haven't? Have we got a card that's overpowered? You know, we have done a lot of play testing on it and we've tweaked the game a lot, but we yeah, recognize in the studio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we recognize that there's, there's always ways you can improve it. And, and I think that for us is what Kickstarter represents. It represents that ability to connect with a bunch of people who think, yeah, this is a cool idea. And they're willing to put, you know, they're willing to put a bit of, you know, their, their hard earned cash in there. You know, you can chuck something out to the internet and go, Hey, give us feedback and you'll get all that random feedback. Mm. But is that the person who actually wants that game? Do they yeah. particularly care about it? They're just giving you feedback for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, I think what's great about Kickstarter is it's people who are committed to that medium. They're committed to board games. They're, they're interested in the subject matter. And often they bring a lot of knowledge that we might not have. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that, that community for us is, is really essential. And that's the thing we really want from it is that connection to community. So um, we We've already had a brief chat previously about what Kickstarter is and how it works and the tiers and all that sort of stuff. So one of the ones that's most interesting, though, is the next generation tier, which is a great pun anyway. Well done, Tom, on that one. Thank you. But uh, what, can you tell me a little bit more about it? Because I think, I think that's quite a unique thing for this, for this game especially. Yeah. Well, this game is a great fun game to play. Um, but what's useful about a fun game to play that happens to be about real world things is it's a great way of engaging people in that subject. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've done a few talks and, you know, with schools and places like that about how games are good as a medium for doing this. And it, from other games we've done under our game, the news project, it became apparent that teachers were using what we created in the classroom to generate their students' interest anyway. Now, what's key is we're not making an educational game. This yeah. is not an educational yeah. game. It's a fun game. But because it's about a real-world subject, that fun is your gateway into, you know, the educational aspect of it. So we, so we kind of lent into that and thought, you know what? Let, let's do one where you get a copy of the game and then we give a copy of the game, a, a, a co essentially a, a lower price, a cost price, to the educational establishment of your choice. Mm. And that way you get to enjoy the game. They get a game as a classroom resource that they can use to interest people, you know, interest students in the next generation, you know, the next generation of space technology from the next generation of, of, of people. So, uh, yeah, that was a really exciting tier and we're really proud to be pushing that. That's cool. such a platform as mm. well to, to spark interest in, in, in kids. Like you say, it's not necessarily an educational game, you know, ex with exactly that purpose, but just having something like that in the classroom you know, and just playing around that with that kind of scenario. I mean, that's amazing. I'd love yeah. to have had that when I was yeah. a kid. Well, I mean, so much like, you know, I've got a PhD, so I'm very into education. But <laughs> lots of the subject matter that has interested me has come through my geeky pursuits and interests. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, part of my doctorate sort of covered evolutionary science as, as, a, as a sort of adjoining section of it. You know, you play games like Spore and things like that, you know, that's fascinating part of it. And then that, that leads you to thinking about it and that leads you into the science of it. And that leads you to, you know, kind of go down that, um, you see cool spaceships, you think they are cool, but then that starts you thinking about, well, how do they make these things? Mm -hmm. Why are they designed like that? You know, what's going on? Why, why do they have to have such big rockets to leave the earth? And yeah. 
such a small lander to come back from the moon. You know, you start thinking about the physics of it, the, the science, the engineering, the mechanics, and it's all really interesting stuff. This is the thing I love about science and technology mm. is that the cutting edge of science and technology is almost always as crazy, fascinating, and inventive yeah. as fiction can ever be. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, this project gets a bunch of people interested in that, then I'd be really happy. Absolutely. Well, Tom, really appreciate you coming in again. So thank you very much. Coming in makes it sound like a big journey. It was literally next door. So, so I'm just <laughs> so going back you, to my desk. Thank you for putting down your cup of tea yeah. to come and talk yeah. to us. The, the, the illusion, though, that okay, the, the, the office is this <laughs> huge edit, underground edit, laboratory. If you edit that out, yeah. Well, I'm going to get back on the bus now and, and back to the other campus site <laughs> where we work out of. So, yeah, you, you, you know, have, have your people talk to my people. <laughs> thank you very much, Tom. Thank you. Well, that was quite fascinating. I mean, you know, being able to learn a lot more about mm -hmm. about where the game came from. I mean, yeah. and also UK Space Agency having a board game club. Yeah. I mean, I know we work for a video games company, so that's quite well, cool. The thing but is, like for, for a game development studio, yes, you, it kind of goes with the territory, right? You'd expect them there to be a, a game board. Uh, board be cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But, and it makes perfect sense that um, people working at um, <laughs> the UK Space Agency or NASA or whatever, that they would do these things because they are still human beings. They still have yep. interests. But it's just... I I've never put those two things together before. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought, you know, the UK space agency guys, yeah, they've all got their board game meetup tonight like, or something. It's just yeah. the coolest mashup. Yeah, I it's know, so it's cool. so mad, isn't it? It's so mad. Yeah. Um, but as we said, the Kickstarter is out now, so mm -hmm. it's going on at the moment. Mm -hmm. And Tom did speak very briefly about the tiers and stuff like that. But what I figured might be quite a good thing is to actually talk a little bit more about the game itself. Quite we know the history, we know what's going on, but the, the specifics of the game. Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd bring in an expert, a.k.a. the man who actually made the damn thing uh if you'd like to give me your name and your job title please um that's that sounds super official i'm i'm uh steve martin a game designer uh for which game <laughs> uh i'm steve martin the game designer for mars horizon blast off uh, no no banjo today no, no no come on man sorry sorry <laughs> I, I had to drop it in I had to drop <laughs> it. gotta do it gotta do it uh well welcome to the podcast thank you very much for joining us uh do do appreciate you taking your time out to come and speak to us yeah no worries um so we've learned a little bit about the history we know where the game has come from but what i'm interested in is is, is more like how does the game play what what can you sum it up in a simple way? Is it very easy to explain? Um, kind of. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, basically, it's a very, very fast-moving game where on your turn, you're either going to be buying new cards from the middle, um, spending your research or your money, um, buying buildings, uh, starting operations, all that kind of stuff, um, and rockets, obviously, uh, and or you'll be launching a mission. So it's very quick. You, you're, you're doing one thing or the other, and then it passes over moving around, building rockets, launching missions, and trying to be the first person to Mars. I'm going to put you on the spot then. Uh, we've all decided, we've all set up the game now, okay? We've had a couple of turns, we've built a few things. I'm going to carry on with my evil, loving thing and be one of the bad guys, space agency. So I might pick, I don't know, maybe I'll be the North Korean space agency. Right. That's who I'm going to play as. Uh, uh, Steve, you're now going to be the lovely people over at the UK space agency. And Matt, you can be the, you can be ESA. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. okay. I'm, so I'm so I am, I, I am going, my plan is to build the most dangerously large rocket in the world and fire it off into space. Am I able to do that on my turn? Uh, you absolutely can, yeah. Um, one of my favorite rockets in the world, basically, is the N1, which was the Russian equivalent of the Saturn V. Mm -hmm. uh, they were trying to get to the moon. Um, it never really made it into space. It just kept blowing up. 
but it looks amazing uh, and it's in the game because I love it so much and it's also quite bad. Um, I'm, I'm not massively educated on uh, on official and authentic spacecraft and whatnot, but the one you just said then, that's not the, did you say it was a Russian spacecraft? Yes. Right. That's not the one that's hidden away in an aircraft somewhere in the middle of no, nowhere. No, that's the, that's right. the Buran. It's like that's the, right. the, the, the Russian equivalent of the space shuttle. Okay. But again, the, it kind of went up a couple of times, worked pretty well, actually launched, and then it, the politics got in the way. Right. Okay. Give, give me the give me a flavor of like the type of things I'd be doing on my turn when I'm what what am I actually buying if I'm this is my mission I want to I want to I want to get that N one and I want to go to the moon before the UK space agency and ESA ever get a chance to even get a satellite in space. So there's there's going to be a whole load of cards out in the middle that everyone can choose to buy from, and as soon as the N one gets flipped up, you've obviously spotted it and you've been waiting. Your, your turns come around. You, you've you've, okay. you've 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 bought that because no one else wants it. It's fine. Um, so then on maybe your next turn, you might want to actually use it. So you're going to, uh, say I'm going to launch my N1, you're going to pay the launch cost for it, mm -hmm. and then you're going to draw from the launch deck. So you're going to draw three cards. Which is, down. by the way, just to, just to interrupt it, this is actually one of my favorite mechanics I think I've, that, that I've seen in a game. So I don't, you've not actually played it, have you, Matt? Not so the board game, say, no. Right. No. Okay. So, um, yeah, I knew you need to. That is a, yeah, Steve and I are silently judging you for not saying, oh, I'd love well, to play that amazing game. judging me, but I've just not had the opportunity. I've not been invited to well, yet. Fortunately, you can get it on Kickstarter, right? <laughs> there now. you so go. If you back well, it, I'll you back get, the so project. There we go. That's what go. we need you to do. So, this is actually one of the coolest mechanics of the game. So, so yeah, I've got my rocket ready. I'm ready to go on this mission. And then, as Steve says... And then you're going to count down. So we've got the countdown deck. Uh, it's a load of different events. Most of them are good. Some of them are terrible. Some of them are okay. Also bad, good. Is this a deck that might include like bad weather and stuff? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, it's all right, that kind okay. of stuff. All yeah, that okay. kind of stuff. So you're going to start counting down. And then as you get to three, you're going to draw a card. Two, draw a card. One, draw a card. And that's going to determine how your launch goes. Um, and so depending on what you get and how well you roll dice, uh, which in my case is tragic, um, <laughs> you're going to see whether or not your launch goes off. So how, how long do you reckon a game would last uh, to play? If you, if you say as a first timer and then when you've played it a few more times and you've understood it. First time getting the hang of the rules, probably an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And then the, the games we've been having where everyone knows what they're doing, it's sort of 45 minutes to an hour. And... Is it suitable for younger children as well as it for grown-ups? Uh, it's suitable for absolutely everyone, as long as you can read, pretty much. <laughs> uh, or have somebody read to you. That's mm. absolutely fine. Mm. Um, we, we, we've been doing some playtests at uh, conventions, and we've had kids as young as eight, uh, well, seven and eight, uh, showing up and joining in and having quite a lot of fun, and quite often beating their parents, which is great. Um, cool. Okay, so that kind of explains the, 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 the basic parts of it, the, the core elements of it. Is it a competitive game? Is it a co-op game? Is it uh, like like the the win condition is just to get to Mars? Uh, yeah. So the the ultimate winner of the game is the first agency to complete a mission to Mars. Um, but along the way, it's it's semi-competitive, but it's also kind of collaborative because you're all working towards the same goals. As soon as one person completes uh, a milestone, everyone else can then do that mission to kind of gain resources and stuff. And you can also use each other's rockets. So as soon as somebody's bought a rocket and used it for the first time, it then becomes available for any other agency to license, basically, to, to use. So you're not just developing stuff yourself and keeping it selfishly. You're kind of working with the rest of the world to advance humanity towards the stars, I guess. 
I think that covers the game quite well. Like I said, it is available on Kickstarter right now. So you can go and have a look at all the details and all the extra stuff in there. You can see all the nice cards and the component boxes and all the lovely, lovely stuff that's in there. Um, Steve, just want to say a big thank you for popping in and having a chat with us. And uh, we'll hopefully see you at some point soon. Cheers. Okay. Awesome. So it sounds like a fun game. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna back it now. I know oh, that, yeah. Matthew Walker. You absolutely, absolutely. are. Can, can I, can I just drop something? Mm. Now, there's, 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 there's talk around the the Arc Digital Office yep. that the, uh, the soundtrack yep. to uh, Mars Rising is is half decent. It's not bad. I know the guy <laughs> really who did it. No, um, and I think well, for me personally, yes, yes, I did do it. I'm, I'm singing like blowing my own trumpet <laughs> here. But the only reason for that is because this, this is a game audibly I've wanted to work on for a long long time cool. so sci-fi has always been my thing I'm yeah, like, yeah, a big yeah. Star Wars fan and Star Trek and all the rest of it well that's like pro- more proper science than sci-fi fantasy but um, always, that's always been a thing I wanted to work on so when this came along I was thinking oh, I really I hope I get the opportunity to do something with this because yeah, yeah. I'm aching to do it and you know this could be an exclusive drop here mm? but we're entertaining the idea of taking the main theme Getting it performed by an orchestra. That would be, uh, yeah, it, it is a bit of a drop. It's got that yes, symphonic it thing about absolutely. it, and it's really cool. Absolutely. That way, and I think that's kind of the big thing about Mars Horror. And, and, and Tom made a point of this earlier about the sister brand of mm. everything. And, and, you know, it's like they share the same DNA, but they are separate entities. Yeah. But the commonality between them is that wonder, that mystery, that adventure, that grandiose yeah. tour around the, you know, going further than any one in humankind has ever done before. Mm. And you can't do that with an orchestra. Really? You can't, you can't, <laughs> get, you know, I mean, you know, if we sat down with your ukulele and my terrible drum <laughs> skills, I'm sure we wouldn't manage to capture the mystery of the world. <laughs> I can confirm the Mars Horizon uh, theme, title theme on ukulele will not sound as good as originally <laughs> composed. I can, I can also guarantee that while I'm the marketing community manager, there will never be a ukulele version <laughs> of any of the excellent work you do. Oh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Unless we do a ukulele manager game or something, I don't know. Uh, why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> why that, not? You know, you know that's going to end up being like uh, some add-on, some uh, some tiered perk to a, to a future <laughs> Kickstarter or something. You know, <laughs> the ukulele. All the uh, all Oric Digital soundtracks performed on Oric Dig- on ukulele in a soundtrack. <laughs> it's going to happen now. Matt isn't allowed to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's verbally contractually <laughs> obligated to do it now. I like it. I like it. So, um. Uh, like, uh, like we said many many times before the Kickstarter is available now yep, yep. go and check it out back it if, you, if, you, if you're thinking about it if it sounds interesting but you, you're not quite sure there is that one pound one dollar tier that you can just put yourself in for it and then you get all the updates all the details yep, yeah. rest of the tiers are very competitively priced there is a really cool patch in one of the tiers very excited about that. May have to get some <laughs> stitching on from there. So, uh, and if you know anyone else who's interested in, and may want to back it and may want to look at it, grab the stuff, share it, put yeah. it around as far as you want. Um, we're going to be, so in terms of this podcast though, we are going to be back in about two weeks time mm-hmm. and we're going to be finishing off the Global Games Jam because yeah. we had so much content we had to do oh in two gosh. parts. So It was a, a redonkulous day. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been a real shame to to not feature as much as we possibly could, but we couldn't cram it into one yeah, episode. No, absolutely. Um, and then after that, we'll be talking about Chainsaw Warrior. Mm-hmm. I believe we're doing a deep dive on Chainsaw Warrior. While... Matthew Walker will be in the wilderness of Canada. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. yeah thank you. Yeah. 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 Uh, hopefully so, not uh, anywhere near any bears. Yes. I know that we're staying slightly where there's a big forest. Really? Who knows? <laughs> Might be off the back of a bear somewhere. I don't know. Cool. So, yeah, keep safe. Like, don't don't get eaten by bears. No, no. So, I do my best. That I mean, be... I've, I've seen The Revenant. That, right, okay. It doesn't, it doesn't end well. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, the guy survives. Spoiler, he survives. But what a, f- what a performance. And uh, I don't want to get mauled by a bear ever. It looks <laughs> horrible. It does sound like a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. Horrible to... way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, until then, blast off. Thank <laughs> you.